it's really interesting because, you know, growing up the way that I did, um, I grew up conservative Christian. Mm. That was the, that was the way that I was raised. And so, you know, the perspective on poly couples and open relationships was very much one that came from the perspective of they don't have self-control. You know, these are people that don't, they have self-esteem issues. And so they just can't. And like the more that I've talked to people that are in, you know, various communities, it seems like it's enemies to lovers. Hey, welcome to enemies to lovers. We're Alex and Shay, two former college roommates who went from enemies to lovers. This podcast explores dating, polyamory, and ethical non-monogamy. Disclaimer, this is not an educational podcast. We will cover our personal experiences and thoughts about certain issues, and we will provide resources to our viewers at the end. Hey guys, I think, I think, we, I think we got it. Enemies to lovers. Thank you to our lovely guests, Alec and Marcella, for being here. This was uh, our first episode ever having guests on, and we uh, completely forgot to introduce them during the actual podcast recording. So this is Alex from the future going back in to let you know that's who was giving you the intro today. So let's jump into it and learn about Alec and Marcella. Enemies to lovers. Now on to the polyam update segment. How is your dating life going? It's not. <laughs> What's I, the drama? My partner and I broke up last month. Well, why did you break up? Month. We broke up because his wife and him got a divorce. And why did they get a divorce? She realized she was a lesbian. Oh. So yeah. So that's how Shay's life is going. Yeah, that was, I was collateral damage. Yeah, my dating life is... Uh, I have had three breakups within the last month and a half, and I'm down to one partner. Okay, wait. I have a question. Go for it. If him and his wife were getting a divorce, why would he break up with you? Bingo. So, we... Technically, he did not break up with me. I broke up with him because he For good reason. So, y'all broke up. For good reason. You didn't get... He was basically like, I'm going to drop you and stop talking to you because I'm going through this with my other partner. Right, so he and his like primary, we'll go into we'll get into that. I guess. Okay, yeah. So he and his primary were like, we're getting a divorce, and then he's like, I might be a little like a little distant. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, fine with me. And then two months, we haven't talked to each other. We used to text every day, and that and go on nothing. dates and stuff. And yeah, we were going on like dates every single week, and then you once this happened. You. I but like, he never broke it off. Officially. He never broke it off officially, but he never texted me first and he never like initiated a date. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't like seen him in person in two months. And I also hadn't like heard from him in two months. Okay. I was like, bro, I know you said that we're still together, but it does not feel like it. Yeah. And I does initiation can't. go both ways? I was initiating. I was, okay. I was okay. texting him. Okay. Because yeah. he said like in what the past, like, he's like, oh, like, if something happens with me and my wife, like I'll probably get like a little distant, like a little shy. You might have to like try a bit harder to like pull me out my shell. Okay. So I think that's why Which, I tried it so I, long. Just a side note, that's like a whole other that's a debate in ethical non-monogamy. Because ethical, right? The mm-hmm. point of that is that you take everyone's put well, all your partner's feelings into consideration. Right. So just because you have a primary main partner doesn't mean if something happens with that relationship, you just like say fuck off to the other people you're dating. 
Which is basically what he did. So being unethical uh, to your non-primary partners is still not unethical. Ethical, right. Yes. Because it's not. Okay. Right. I mean, I suppose there's like a question of whether or not I find that behavior like really violating or whatever. Like divorce is major. Yeah. But and still, like, like damn, you have to com- compartmentalize. It's part of polyamory is you have to be really good at communicating and being empathetic to everyone's feelings. Not just like the one person that, you know. Yeah, I was sympathetic to his feelings, but I don't feel like it was he was really sympathetic to yours. Separated. Yeah. Well, now he's like, I don't know if I'm actually poly, so there's there's that yeah. toe drama now, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. To together. Go into that a little bit more. What do you mean um, not? When he like dabbled wife, in it and then was like, nah. yeah, oh yeah, people he do that. Wife really agreed to be poly because mm-hmm. she at that point realized she was bi. Okay. So she wanted at that point, keyword at that like, point. We need to stay together, so we're going to open up the relationship and be poly. He has another partner. I don't know if they're still together, but like, yeah. they had opened their relationship because she wanted to explore her sexuality. And Which then, is pretty common. So it seems kind of one sided. <laughs> I think he's realizing. Initially? Yeah, I think yeah. he agrees with it logically. Like, okay. he thinks that, like, poly is logical and that is rational and that like he totally gets it okay but i think the like emotional side of like going through a divorce and being like shit did i do that for my wife or for myself is now like Uh, yeah i think that's probably something you come in contact with a lot where especially especially with guys where it's like oh yeah yeah, logically is Mm -hmm. one thing but i am not equipped to deal with my emotions emotionally such that i can deal with this thing because i'm not i can't handle it so why did you have three breakups? Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was dating a girl and two guys, and the guys were both fuckboys, because that's, that's my type. type. That's yeah. your type. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I like tall, mean men. <laughs> tall, mean men. Yes. Okay. Broad shoulders and no emotional uh, maturity. But um, yeah, so I broke up with one of them because... <laughs> our entire relationship was essentially based on us hooking up and it went from hooking up a lot to i'm gonna hook up with like everyone else but you and then go on like platonic dates with you but like we're still dating um so yeah that ended and then uh i had a very uh interesting back and forth with him because my breakup with him because i broke it off was essentially me asking my girlfriend's boyfriend to sit down with me and help me craft my responses through text so it was a collective breakup. So it was high school. It was <laughs> yeah, high school. yeah. Uh, yeah. I have Matt, so many oh questions. Yeah, I also have questions. Let's get into it. <laughs> We're here. Okay, genuine question to start this off. Polyamory, polygamy. Very Please different. Explain. Very different things. Different okay. Things. Good. I mean, totally understand the confusion because the mainstream media makes shit confusing. And polygamy is when usually when it's a guy married to a bunch of women. Okay. Like and here. And can't, for the it most can't part, go the other way around? No. That's, uh, what's that's the word? What is that? What is Reverse it? Reverse term? No, there's a word for it. Polygamy versus no, no. bigamy. No, no, no. It's, that's two there's people. There's a word. Not polygamy. There's, it's poly, polyandry. Polyandry. Oh. Is, a, is a woman married to multiple men? Yes. Thank you. And that's, I, I believe you're- Silent partner. <laughs> Thank you, producer Mark. Thank you. <laughs> um, but polyandry- God? Right. <laughs> Thank you, daddy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't king shame. So not 
a bottom. Don't, don't get in shape. As a person with a dead dad. <laughs> oh, we're going down. Wow. Well, so the daddy well, issues run deep. So polyamory. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yes. Yeah, so Got polyamory it. is amory, right? Love. Okay. So it's loving multiple people. So ethical non non monogamy in general is like an umbrella. umbrella. Okay. And it's just like open being relationships in various types of relationships that could just be hooking up, that could be emotional, it could be whatever. Okay. Uh, polyamory is in that umbrella, and it's specifically like you actually have full on relationships, emotional, romantic, physical, everything. Like you just have multiple boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. Basically, is like full on exhausting. Okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. I mean, okay. it's like anything, polyamory in general is so much about good communication, mm-hmm. emotionally, like respect. growing yourself, yes, respect, empathy for other people. Okay. So it's, it's like having multiple really good friends that are also like romantically and sexually attached. Yeah. To. Because we okay, people yeah, have okay. multiple best friends, right? That's a yeah, thing. Yeah, it's the same thing except you add the romantic aspect. But so that, is com- it, that complicates. So it's it multiple though. romances. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Think about they this. They don't all start out like romantic. Yeah. Right. Sometimes okay. it ramps up. Like, and there are so many. Dating. There's so many movies where it's like the girl has two guys going after her. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh no, which I one will I choose? Choose right. both of them. Choose. choose both. That's our life. So it is. It is <laughs> okay. having the cake and eating it too. It yeah. Is both. Yes. Yeah. And everyone's aware. Like there's consent in all parties. Gotcha. Are the partners that you're with also polyamorous? Some Most of the can time. Be. Yeah. I, I would say I okay. personally probably wouldn't want to date someone that's not at this point just because but you have. I have. Okay. And? Yeah. And most of the time, they're not okay with it. I mean, they, they say they are. And then they try it out. And they're like, never mind. I can't handle this. Okay. And then you break up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. better to go in with someone that says they're poly. However, if someone says they're poly, that doesn't mean they actually are. Okay. There's a distinction. A lot of people will say they're poly, but they actually mean they're like open relationships. Right. They're like, mm-hmm. well, okay. I have a wife, but like I'll fuck I'll, other people. Like, That's not the same yeah, thing. It's not the same thing. There's, so what What do you mean then? Like, what is that? What would so, you categorize that? So, okay. Like for us, we have a producer. Just, just say he's very attractive. He's, he's a cutie. He's a cutie. He meets your hype. AKA podcast God. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. You need a mic. The hype requirement <laughs> has been met. It has. The hair helps too. The hair has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Luscious locks. We Luscious know your locks. type. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did see a picture of one of my other exes. You wouldn't let just just people with six foot and hair. You they gotta be six foot, I would yeah, assume. Six foot plus hair. Yeah. So plus six eight plus other things. <laughs> with the fro. With the fro. Yeah. So uh <clears throat> where were we? <laughs> Talking about the difference between poly and open. Dating someone who's not polyamorous. Right. Yes. I think that's hard. I think it's possible if the person who's monogamous is open to dating someone who's poly, they need to accept the fact that, like, the person who's poly is not going to change for them. Right. Or not expect them to, because a lot of times, if they do change, they're not going to be happy. It's like, oh, you're going to be so in love with me that you're not going to be poly anymore. Right. And it's not about that. Like, I'm so in love with you. This is great. And yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, how does that work, like, time-wise? Very right? complicated. Like, if you're dating, yeah. you said you just got out of three relationships. Yeah, I had four partners. Recently. So that was four. Yeah. How do you yeah. manage that? 
time was. Google calendars. <laughs> Sponsor us, please. A lot of Google calendar. Like a shared calendar. I mean, a and lot of people do that. Some like, people, so oh one of my gosh. former exes, we said we wouldn't say exes' names, so what should we call the one with the mugshot? Call him mugshot. Mug, oh, I like that. I like mugshot. That. I like mugshot. That. Mugshot specifically, he has a day for a partner. So he'll be like, okay, okay. you're my Monday partner. You're my Tuesday. Or like some people might have two days or whatever. And okay. that specific day is always for that partner. So I can't ever make plans with him for okay. a Monday because that Monday is reserved for one of his other partners. Okay. And I'm aware of that. And so okay. it's like, okay, there's no confusion. Does this mean he taps out as seven <clears throat> partners? Well, <laughs> I was the fourth and he tapped out there. So... <laughs> His fourth partner. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Okay. Because so, remember, most of us, most people that are poly also have other partners. Like, we're not each other's only. So okay. it's not like you're expecting each other to be each other's entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have what the time. Your, what was your day? Oh, well, we didn't really end up having a day because he told me that was a thing. <laughs> and then he broke up with, like, two of his partners and they started dating two other people. It was... He I'm was getting, not as organized as he thought he was. I'm getting, okay. I'm getting okay. fuckboy vibes. But yeah. is the organization of it also important? Which I would think it would be, right? Like, yeah. Yes. In relation it, to in general, you have to kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's all about communication because everyone's different. As long as mm-hmm. you, I think if you just make time for someone, and that can mean different things for different people. Like for you and your ex, you were like trying to see each other, what, once a week? Yeah. I I said the minimum requirement as like yeah. once a week because I was like, well, if I don't I see my friends multiple times. A yeah. Week. If mm-hmm. I don't okay. see my partner at least once a week, yeah. that's weird. You just have to figure out what is okay, that's everyone's needs. Mm-hmm. I think it's sort of like, because you don't really think about it in like monogamy where you like start setting like a baseline expectation. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you just expect to spend like most of your free time with each other. Yeah. yeah. But when you're balancing multiple partners and you're like still dating at the same time, yeah. it's sort of like, well, like, what makes you not feel neglected? Yeah. Like, texting-wise, like, calling-wise, yeah. seeing each other in The person. love languages, if you've heard of yeah. that, like, the yeah. five languages, mm-hmm. that really comes in handy because if you know, okay, this person really needs acts of service or whatever, then if you do something nice for them, but you don't have time to hang out with them that week, they might still feel appreciated, Okay, yeah. right? Yeah, so okay. just understanding your partners and how to make sure they feel happy okay. in the relationship. So one of the things, and I guess this might have to do with, with – primary and secondary a little bit more but like with with marcella like we our lives are very interconnected right yeah. so like i make new friends about a hundred percent chance she's going to meet him right <laughs> yeah and so when you're dealing with a polyamorous relationship where it's multiple boyfriend girlfriends and you may have a primary partner as well is that something where you're like oh yeah you're my girlfriend i want you to meet all my friends and stuff and like you still so i feel like does that get tricky there where it's like, oh man, we broke up, but like, yeah. I mean, I how does so that happen with, friends, with you know? monogamy? People break up too, right? Never. It's never once happened. <laughs> never. Not even once. I yeah. mean, for me personally, all my friends are aware that I'm poly. My family doesn't, but they might find out from this podcast. We'll see. It's not a secret for many of my friends. Like, every single, even when I make new friends, I'm like, hey, I'm poly. I'm bi. Look at me. So. Yeah, whenever I get a new partner, like once we've been dating for a decent amount of time, yeah. I don't know, you know, a couple months, whatever it is, once we're like officially calling each other partners, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll introduce them. What okay. about you? I did not get around to introducing, what shall we call him, Potato? I did not get around. <laughs> potato. I did not get around to introducing Potato to any Former partner. lesbian? For all the audience members, they were Irish. Go ahead. Oh my God. He- <laughs> get out I actually, of here. I, I met his wife. I met his wife's friend. 
friends. Mm -hmm. I met a few of his friends. Which she must have been aware, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. We did like kitchen table, which is basically like poly. So what is that? There are types of polyamory. Yeah. So yeah. Ki there's kitchen table and then there's, is it parallel? Parallel, parallel yeah. So kitchen table is you can all sit down at a kitchen table. And hang out. And you're on good and terms. Like, like all the partners know each other. Right. It's okay, not yeah, weird. Okay. It's not that they're all dating each other. Yeah. It's that you're, you can hang out. Your buddy. Okay, so you're hanging. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why you say kitchen table and I immediately think, okay, we're all getting together to discuss this and have a conversation about you can. it before everything yeah. happens. Is that typical? You can, yeah. For it polyamorous really just depends. It depends. So parallel okay. polyamory, the other kind, is where you make a conscious choice. Like the people that are dating each other yeah. say, I don't really care to know your partners. That just makes me uncomfortable. Mm. And that's okay. And everyone Everyone's aware that the partners okay. exist, but, but you don't talk met. or, yeah, or you okay. might meet like once, but you're not friends. How often do you, like, how often does that come up where you have a partner that does not want, it wants zero So I've never had that I've never had personally, that but okay. uh, Mugshot, as we're calling him, he has one partner that like never wanted to meet any of his partners. Okay. Was she the primary? He didn't have a primary. Do Still you prefer a kitchen table? Yeah. I think I do too. Like, prefer I it? I prefer it's it. It's just... Okay. I don't think it's like morally better or anything. Yeah. I just think it's easier. Cause like it is. if I'm throwing to like a birthday party or like I'm getting yeah. like a housewarming party or yeah. whatever, like yeah. I would rather just invite all my partners and not be like not be weird about it. Because yeah. ideally all those people matter to you. Okay, but mm -hmm. what is that expectation if you're all in the same room together? Like let's say you're dating four people mm -hmm. or you're with four people. Mm -hmm. We don't you, you throw out, a party yeah. and like are you expected to you just discuss be physically intimate with each. You're not expected, oh, to not like you sexually don't, you don't intimate, but like yeah. physically. Like kissing I mean, on the mouth. Hey, walk up, kissing. The yeah, mouth. It, okay. it really depends on the partner. Some okay. people just don't like PDA, whatever. But yeah, most people I've been with, like I've hung out with multiple partners at the same time, and I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna come cuddle you for a bit, and then maybe later I'll go kiss that one. Okay, you know, okay. make sure everyone feels okay. Like, yeah, you know, what? I'm paying yeah. attention to you. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, but like when you're out with your partner you're not necessarily like making out the whole time right you're hanging out yeah, with friends. yeah so it's just like hey let me make sure you know you're here i care about you but you know not that the whole was a time. bit of a miscategorization because pretty much whenever we go out which is to make out sex <laughs> non-stop i think that's just another difference Goals. between Goals. holly yeah. and monogamous Hot. couples <laughs> okay how many partners and this is individually i'm curious to hear both of your answers how many what is the most partners you've had at any given one point in time there's three four well four four right <laughs> well okay there's this is interesting too because okay so first we have to define partners okay because like we said earlier some people say they're polyam and also side note a lot of people say poly, but really we shouldn't say poly because polynesian people which is not the same thing at all um, a lot of them don't like it when we say poly because okay. it mixes us up with them. So polyam is usually the better way. I feel to like context it. would help with that. Like if I'm talking about going to a poly party and then say that everyone was fucking, I'm not immediately going, well, those Polynesians. But if I'm like, oh yeah, going to a poly party and all, the, all these fire dancers were doing great, I would probably not assume everyone was fucking. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Probably not, but you know we're not Polynesian. We want to respect what they say. It's true. So we're gonna say polyam, um, but yeah, a lot of polyam people define being polyam differently or define partners differently. I recently went on a couple dates with a guy that he has. I think they're married, but anyways, I went on a couple dates with this guy, and he was like, "Yeah, we're polyam," and then we talked more. 
turns out their version of polyam is they are together they live together they're, they're each other's main person and then they go on dates and like hook up with other people they don't consider them someone they would like go to if they really needed something or emotional support or whatever which is a different kind of relationship right i was just gonna say like, it's more casual like a different version of polyamory? it can be yeah and that's okay. why it's everyone you really have to just talk to each person you're dating okay, and say okay, okay what does that actually mean to you so to me a partner is an actual you know romantic everything you're my partner you're one of my number one people whatever um but there can also be play partners which is what we call people we just hook up with you know people that we aren't necessarily dating but we're physical with and we see a lot okay so there are different levels to it okay but in terms of full-on romantic partners i would say my max has been four at the same time four gotcha is is that your max like you would not want to i do think it depends four. on the people because me i'm an extrovert i need a lot of attention i'm a needy bitch okay um <laughs> but i'm attracted to introverts self-awareness don't yeah. be ashamed yeah mm -hmm. you know Okay. Brought uh, to you by BetterHelp. I do. The introverts love me. But when you date an introvert, they need alone time. You know, yeah, you got to sprinkle yeah. in that self-care. So if I'm dating like four introverts, each of them only wants to see me max twice a week, usually closer to one time a week. Okay. So I'm fine. I was going to say, is that not better? Yeah. Like how you okay. That. So like you were being honest, like I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fine. Just, just once twice a week fine. is plenty. I'm good. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, like I, I could see myself having seven partners if each of those partners didn't have that many needs in terms of seeing each other in person that often, you know? Okay. I could also yeah. see having just two partners where each of them just takes up a lot of my time and I'm fully satisfied you, with that. Okay. So let's say you have, like, your husband and then a partner about as, like, equal. Yeah. Two? two? You'd max out two? Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't know until I'm in that situation. I guess it's contextual, right? Like it really... I feel like people try to put different things about polyamory in a box and there's not a box. The whole point of non-monogamy is you're breaking down society's rules, right? Mm -hmm. okay. So you make your own rules as you go. Whatever works for you. Okay. So I'm thinking like the whole like every square is a rectangle, not every rectangle is a square kind of a thing in right. terms of like ENM and polyamory, where is it like every polyamorous relationship is part of ENM, yes. but not every ENM relationship is polyamory exactly yes. that's yes. the transit that probably yeah polyamory is within the umbrella uh -huh. but enm encompasses a lot more stuff got you and, and then, some people will just default to saying polyam because they yeah. more people know what that means versus right. like enm or but they usually mean more along lines of enm so yeah. is enm more physical whereas poly no enm is, is just any type of non-monogamy defined however you define as it. long as it's ethical so exactly. not any type yeah. Is an important that ethical That's also is an important... like a debate about whether or not we should remove ethical from like ENM. Yeah, because it's like, well, if it's not ethical, then it's just cheating. It's not non-monogamy. Yeah. It's yeah. not that intentional. That was my question. Right. I yeah, was like, if it's not like... ethical, is it like, okay, you cheated, now you're non-monogamous? Which technically you are. You can yeah. do that. But like a lot, some people will like and that's why we is say ethical. Kind of shitty. Yeah. yeah. And then be like, wait, okay. actually, we should just be fine. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay. I figure like it's only cheating if it's against the rules, right? So if the rules haven't been established, you're being shitty potentially, but not necessarily cheating, right? But if the rules are, I'm allowed to do X, Y, and Z and A, B, and C with, you know, certain partners or whatever, can, then I'm not cheating if I'm doing those things because it's within the bounds of the, I assume mm -hmm. that's... I can understand where you're yeah. coming right. from. Right. And they can be different levels too, right? Because there's some people, let's say you're ENM, so not polyam, you don't fully date other people, but 
you say, okay, we're not monogamous because we're okay with hooking up with other people, but we can't actually date other people. Or you can go on a date because I've met people like this where you can go on a date. But you can't go I know on. I the other person's a serial killer. Exactly, yeah. But okay, otherwise. so like get to know them, but to an extent. Exactly. Yeah, and then okay. after that, you're no. just physical. Okay. And you, so you can have boundaries of different kinds. It just depends. So then I guess, is there a ignorance, I guess, on my part where it's like, okay, I'm going on a date. I'm going to hook up with this person. At what point do they become like one of, and I guess this might also be like individual, like per person where it's like, at what point do they become a partner versus when they're just someone that you're hooking up with? And like, cause like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm Polly. I've got, I'm not, but like I'm Polly. I've got four partners and then other people that I'm also sleeping with or other people that I'm also seeing, but they're not partners yet. Mm-hmm. Or is that just kind of like any other time where it's like, yeah, I'm, they're not my partner yet, but like we're yeah. hooking up. Yeah, of. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What would you say? I would say I would consider some a partner after like three months of like yeah. consistent dating and like consistently. I think for a lot of people, it's okay. also about communicating that because yeah. if you just just like if you're monogamous and you start dating someone, you're not going to just randomly start telling people they're your girlfriend, right? Usually you have yeah. a conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yes. are we right. like yeah. official? Well, that was my question yeah. too, is like, do you have that conversation? A lot of the times, yeah. Is there some like a do. title you put to it? Again, you just want, is it just a preference at that point? Like if you want to put a title to it, go for yeah. it? Yeah. I guess it's what okay. you make of it, right? So it's mm-hmm. not like there aren't, there are certain guidelines, but I guess no hard and fast rules right. necessarily outside of consent. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of polyamory is just, here are the options. Pick okay. and choose what works for you. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. At what point did the both of you decide or realize that polyamory was for you? Well, I've never had an issue like physically sharing your partner. That's okay. never been like a concern. I've never been like a very jealous person. I'm just mm-hmm. sort of like, don't give me like an SDI <laughs> and like mm-hmm. don't break trust. I don't need to like a play by play of what you're doing. I don't care what you're doing, but like, don't do th- something. Misconception. Stupid. Yeah. Don't do cheating. Something stupid. Can happen in polyamory. I can. Cheating basically is just when you do something the other person's not okay with. Okay. Which can okay. be anything. Okay. Right? Something against ask, the rules. Like, yeah. Okay. Right. Whatever rules you set for your relationship. Whatever yeah. boundaries you guys have established. Yeah. Okay. I do think the like the interesting thing about Enem is that like even if you dip your toes in and go back to monogamy. It does a lot for like redefining what you want out of a relationship. How often do, in your experience, does it happen though, where somebody's dipping their toes into? I mean, we can look at croissant. (laughs) Sorry, potato, potato. Potato. (laughs) Shay's ex. Okay. Food is sex. (laughs) Yes, you can eat them. Or. (laughs) Brought to you by (laughs) HelloFresh. Our very generous sponsor, sponsor for this podcast. Sorry. It's true though. It's true. Like communication is so important in any relationship. Oh yeah. But I think for when you, even if I know multiple people that have become ENM or tried out being non-monogamous and it wasn't for them maybe, but then they became monogamous again with their partner and their relationship got better because they got better. Okay. Let me actually fully be honest. This is what I actually am thinking. This is what I want. You know, this is how much time I need from you. Whatever. It's also like interrogating yourself. Like, what do I want out of a relationship? What do I need? Because a lot of people just go, okay, I'm in a monogamous relationship. I want to spend all my time with this person. Mm -hmm. I will have all my needs met by this person or whatever. And so usually it's not the case. Yeah. I think that's... You don't think about it. You don't think like, 
what do I need out of a relationship mm-hmm. to feel mm-hmm. prioritized if it's not necessarily the only relationship? And also, how do I have my own independent life outside of this person? Because yeah. non-monogamy gives you that more, right? Because you're not necessarily okay. going into everything as, hey, we're a couple, we're a unit. Yeah, yeah. And it's okay we're if you unit. do that sometimes, but right. I think you can also just be a different person with different people, right? And so you yeah. get to experience that more. Okay. It's interesting because from my side of things, you know, you hear from people all the time and they're like, don't explore that. Don't have a threesome. Don't, because it'll ruin the relationship. And it's like, okay, but why? You're terrible about communicating, I think. And I think that's an important element. And honestly, if you're terrible at communicating, that's going to come out anyways, even if you don't have a threesome. Yeah. It's going to end in a breakup. (laughs) It's going to burn the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We were doing so good until that point. We were doing so good. We really hope this threesome would have fixed our relationship. (laughs) It's like having a child. (laughs) This didn't fix everything. Everything. Crazy. Well, it's interesting because there's this whole culture too with swingers, right? And swingers are a type of non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Theoretically. <laughs> Which, no shame. I'm not shaming swingers. But a lot of swingers very much have that mindset of we're a couple, we're a unit. We're bringing a third person in and they're going to be treated like an object because we're spicing up our marriage, uh, or, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah. not everyone, but a lot of swingers are like that. I can that. see the distinction. And so that's it. a little bit different where their mindset is we're a unit, you're here for us. Whereas a lot of polyamory is like, hey, let's all figure out what each of us needs out of this yeah like i care about you beyond like what you're providing me and value it's more of a relationship than it is a one-night stand exactly right okay yeah so um it's my understanding alex has a primary Mm -hmm. shay it's my understanding based off of assumptions that i've made that you don't have a primary at this time i am currently single i have like play partners so hook up buddies but not really for yeah. relationship. Okay. I would say like more like friends with benefits. Yeah. Like we're okay. friends, we hang out outside of like whatever we're doing physically. Mm-hmm. And we're like actual friends. Yeah. But there's definitely like us included. <laughs> nice. <laughs> But, but I would say like, and we like emotionally care about each other, but we have not established that. There's right. Any, like, We're not like, okay, okay. Like there's that. no I love okay. yous being said or anything okay. like that. Yeah. You didn't yeah. say I love you to any of your partners. Their no, husband I never... might have heard it once or twice. Mugshot <laughs> said something adjacent once. And then I just said, ha ha. <laughs> and then we kept talking. <laughs> yeah. so, why are, why thanks, are you bro. uncomfortable saying I love you to a partner? Well, when... I, I'm not uncomfortable with that. I think I just haven't gotten to that point with anyone other than my primary yet. That's fair. Okay. Do you and think that's, that's okay. harder because you can't reach like the amount of time? No, I just think I've dated them? people that weren't right for me. Mm. That's fair. Like they, they maybe didn't want as serious of a relationship or their emotional needs were, were much lower than what my emotional mm. needs were in the okay. relationship. So then when it comes to not like scouting out but i guess like vetting new partners i guess alex you'd have more you might have more to say on this i'm not sure i know so i think i've been poly i'm a little longer than actually quite a bit longer than you right? a bit longer yeah yeah um so, so just a little bit of context mark and i've been together for 12 years we're married we've been together since high school we start off monogamous mm-hmm. and you know went through the different phases of opening up and kind of being like swingers and kind of trying to hook up with people and having threesomes and foursomes. And then now we're actually polyam where we fully date separately and have other partners and everything. Um, What was the question? Yeah. Uh, The question was in terms of 
when you are bringing in, say, bringing on a new partner, right? Mm. Oh, right, right. Vetting people. Yes. Is it, well, is more when you're, I know you do your own personal vetting, of course, where it's like safety. To make sure like, they're is safe. Is this person a psychopath or whatever? Right. But if like that partner, say, like doesn't get along with the primary, is it something yeah. where you've discussed where you're like, hey, you're my primary? If you're like, fuck that person, not, I mean, like so get this- rid of them. It, that do they have veto that like power. this is yeah this a is where veto, veto power. power comes in so yeah. we don't really have that i mean we we don't subscribe to that but you're yeah. generally okay. on the same page enough that if one would veto well hold on you're probably... you're not on mic let hey, me say god shut up the podcast <laughs> god said that Mark, no veto power exists we don't believe in, in their relationship. right so yeah and it's in the sense that a lot of people when they say primary partner they do mean this person can veto anyone i'm dating for any reason you know whatever or okay. we can at least have a conversation and their feelings matter to me in this case it's not that his feelings don't matter but he understands that if i really like someone and they make me happy even if he doesn't get along with them that's not a reason for me to not have that person in my life in that way okay and we'll talk through it and communicate and figure out how to make it work okay so you guys just moved to parallel if mark was like maybe we've never had that (laughs) happen yet we're a woman yeah we're a woman um but Yeah, I mean, I think also, this is the thing with polyam. You can't go into dates talking about surface level shit, right? Mm-hmm. You, It's kind of like, you know, people that are like, I'm dating to marry. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm dating to marry anyone else, but it's it's serious, right? Because you, you're Would giving you? energy, maybe, I don't Would know. Would you do... I mean, to me, that's a whole other conversation. Marriage doesn't really matter marriage. to me. We got married for tax reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we told his mom that and she was not happy. Mm. Um, <laughs> but when you go on Damn a first it. or second date with polyam partners, you have to ask those questions of what kind of polyamory do you fall like? Are like you kitchen table? You. Are you parallel? Do you want to meet my other partners? How jealous do you get? Because most people get jealous, but there are levels to it. How do you okay. deal with that? How do you, how much do you want to communicate? Like, do you want to text every day? Do you want to text once a week because if you set those expectations right off the bat you can say okay this person's not for me even if they're hot like we're it's not gonna work out or okay we kind of vibe we have a similar relationship style like this might work let's keep dating and see what happens my vetting process is like quite different from hers because i'm not coming from it it's a it's similar in aspects but like i'm coming from it as like theirs you said hers i don't (laughs) me and god both heard it (laughs) we're cutting this Okay, do those fake plants bend at all? You probably should. Okay, can I can I bend them? (laughs) Watching me so bad, I don't know why. Like I just want to see if it bends. We were talking about max partners. Shay, go. Max partners at the same time. Max partners that you've had and the most partners you would want. I think the max partners. Are we including play partners? That's what my question was. No. I didn't include play partners. Not including play partners. If we're only including like romantic partners, I've only had like one at a time. Not for a lack of trying. I was dating and yeah. It's hard to find the right people, honestly. Yes. I think my max would be like two or three. Depending on like how intense they were. If they were getting to the point of like super serious, like I can do maybe like co-primaries or something like that. Okay. Maybe three is my max. Yeah. That's like partners with full on relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Like Like, this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend, whatever. That's pretty standard. Okay. I I would say that's a pretty standard answer for most poly and people. Okay. Like all your partners have like three or four partners. Yeah. Some of them counted play partners as partners, so I'm not sure (laughs) that works. What would we call uh Safe word. Safe word. He's just a safe. That's an inside joke. Oh, like now I want to know. Like, go into details. He was not safe. Oh, <laughs> emotionally. 
<laughs> he was a very lovely man. He's, he's, he's very charismatic. He's lovely he to cares. people. He's not lovely to partners. Okay. And not um, in a way that we're cool with. Not in like an abusive way, but just in a not a good part. Like a fuckboy way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a, you can like, be a fuckboy and say you're poly and you're not actually poly. You're just a fuckboy. Okay. Okay. Here's, here's the thing too, right? Is like, that's a good question. Does everyone think about what their max number of partners is? No. There are a lot, especially men. There's so many men oh, in poly that are like, I can fuck anyone. I can be emotionally unavailable to as many women. Exactly. <laughs> I can be as mediocre as I want to. Right. Being emotionally unavailable okay. can still happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Treating people like shit can still happen. So that's my problem with the men I've dated, at least, is they're like, yeah, I'm poly. And then they have three partners when I start dating them. And then they're like, oh, yeah, now, now I have five. Now I have ten. Like. You can't sustain that many actual partners. No, but they're like, yeah, they're my partners. Like these are all my part. And then Safeward started getting upset with uh, one of his other partners because he's like, she just gets so upset with me. I just don't get it. Like she's so needy. Like because she he didn't spend enough time with her, make her feel like she had enough attention or whatever. So he wasn't and a I good said, partner, right? I'm like, no, you're just not giving her what she needs in the relationship. So you either need to break it off or be a better partner. He's like, no, she's just so needy. It's so annoying, you know. Mm. So. We all have needs and relationships. Right. I would say, like, I also said this to uh, Potato when I got in the relationship with him. I was like, I love that okay. his name is like, I love that we're using nicknames so for <laughs> Podcast God is, for the record, a <laughs> better nickname word. than Potato. <laughs> I don't know if it's better than Maybe. Safe Word, though, because Safe Word sounds safe kind of dope. What one. about Mugshot? Mugshot's a good one, too. Mugshot's good. Mugshot's. Well, you know what? You could have also called Mugshot Cell Block. <laughs> that could have also been dope. Your reaction. I, I feel like from what I'm hearing, it sounds- Are sound... you a therapist? Right? So oh what... my gosh. How does that make you feel? No, it would seem <laughs> like great. if you have that many partners and play partners, it would be important to have a clear understanding for yourself and for everyone involved what kinds of boundaries are available. And I would imagine that being poly would make you- ideally better at setting those boundaries and recognizing those boundaries and has that been something that you've found to be true for yourselves well um i think i'm better let me preface this by i dated mark for i mean still am with him for the past 12 years i dated maybe two guys in high school before that and then i didn't date like any men for years for a while so i'm just now really getting into dating men i dated women okay. but not men for a while so Understandable. I have like no, I had almost no reference for how to know if a guy's actually like trying to date me or if he's just there for, you know, the physical okay. or whatever. So I feel like I'm kind of a newbie in that sense, which adds to the learning curve, I guess. Mm -hmm. So the last two breakups I've had were with dudes that were emotionally unavailable. And so for now, my boundaries are a, or not my boundaries, but I need to figure out what a guy actually wants versus what he's saying. And how do I do that? And I still don't really understand how men work in dating versus I now fully understand what I need out of a relationship. So like, yes, I understand what I need. I understand the level of commitment or communication and all of the above, but I still don't fully know how to vet other people and say, okay, especially men, how do I make sure this person can give me that? Mm -hmm. And you can't make sure, but you know, over time I've heard you get better at <laughs> figuring out what people actually are like as a partner. Have you found that you've, as a result of your poly experience, gotten better at communicating your needs and boundaries? For sure. That, yeah. Okay. I think Mark and I, All excuse right. you. 
I'm, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you in the middle of your explanation, Alex. Please continue. Thank you, Alec. No, but I think Mark and I's relationship has actually gotten way better. Like the last, I would say the last couple years, we've really intentionally been polyam, like fully, hey, let's do research, let's read books, let's listen to podcasts, let's do research and become better, also therapy, uh, become better understanding ourselves, understanding polyamory, and just getting more dating experience. And with that, you just learn, this is what I want, this is what I need, this is how I'm not a good partner, right? And just Mm -hmm. being fully transparent with yourself, and then that just translates to better relationships. Okay, so the therapy portion of it, dive into that a little bit. Curious to know about it. Therapy is very important, would recommend for everyone. Brought to you by BetterHelp. (laughs) (laughs) Please sponsor us. Therapy, therapy, therapy. I mean, therapy just gives you like an outside perspective, which is so needed because so many people just go to like their friends who are going to tell them, yeah, you're the one that's in the right or their partner that's like, how can I support you? Let me just hug you, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. The therapist, at least I like having a therapist that's blunt and just says, hey, this is how it is. This is how I see it. This is how you can improve this. And also there are therapists and coaches out there that you can find that are specific to non-monogamy, polyamory. Um, ethical non-monogamy. Okay, because that's yeah. what I was wondering too. Like, is it individual therapy or couples? Is it both. It can be anything. Therapy, we both? do individual. We all okay. do individual. But okay. I mean, you can find couples therapists. I, for a little bit, saw this um, polyamory coach. Okay. And she, Interesting. yeah. So she, I mean, it's not. Um, she does like individual. It's... She does couple. She does like full family therapy. It's it's cool. And she herself is polyam, and she has years of experience. She has written books. You know, so it's like. The more you talk about it with people, the more you experience it, you just learn more. Okay. Whoever it is, whether it's a therapist or friends that are also poly or dating or whatever. Okay. It really is a lot of just talk about it and do the actions and then you'll learn. I definitely think having a lot of like polyam friends that you aren't dating or hooking up with is important. So yeah. you have like a sounding board, like a very non-biased sounding board when okay. it comes to like yeah. what you're doing and hanging out with and like stuff like that mm. yeah instead of just validation because yeah. like your partner may not have veto power or they don't believe in veto power mm-hmm. but your friends have opinions yeah okay yeah and you might be more willing to listen to your friends and your friends are less invested in yeah. that relationship probably because they're not you know they're, yeah, your partner might not be like oh i think that guy sucks yeah because he's like well if you're happy i'm happy right your friends are gonna be like he has reflects all over. I, I know it's say, your favorite color, but like, I will don't. say when I was ha- when I had all four partners, um, they <laughs> all had word, opinions on each other. <laughs> specifically, safe word. Everyone had bad opinions of, which was the first breakup I had out of the three recently, and nobody thought we were. Everyone was like, "This is toxic. Please stop okay. this." If you continue okay. this, know that you're only doing this I, for the hooking up. Portion. I was digmatized. It's yeah. It can be a point of contention with with safe word. The, the guy that everyone was like this is kind of toxic um there were points towards the end of the relationship where i was so frustrated with how he was treating me that i would rant to mark and rant to all my partners rant to everybody about it to the point where mark said hey our relationship like we're not getting alone time because when we're supposed to be going on a date or having fun romantic time instead you're taking it up by ranting about this other mm. guy which just riles mark up and he's like well now i'm pissed at this guy but i have to yeah. pretend to be supportive and you know we're not connecting as partners I'm just getting angry at this guy. Okay. And so you do have to just communicate. I mean, Mark communicated and he told yeah, me that. And then yeah. I I think I got better at like not – and I would ask him, hey, 
Can I talk about with this? <laughs> Eventually I broke up with Safe Word. But I was like, hey, is it okay if I talk about this right now? Or mm-hmm. can, And if he didn't want to hear it or if he wasn't in the space for that, he would just say, no, you know, let's just not. So then I wouldn't. And then we would just talk about other stuff. Okay. Cool. I think talking about partners to other partners is definitely like a slippery slope. Especially because okay. you don't want – if you're like kitchen table or something, you don't want them to have like a bad – Animosity. Yeah. Animosity towards their meta. Like, like the meta is yeah. like the partner the partner. Yeah, the meta is your partner's other partner. Yeah, all your metamors. Metamors, yeah. Metamors. Look at you go. You didn't Google it. Did you research before this? I did not. I just I watch a lot of YouTube. I think you can. I think you can brand as long as you do it with a preface of like, "Hey, like, Mm. I'm not gonna tell you anything super shitty about this person." Yeah. Yeah. So you don't like totally viewpoint it. Yeah. Also, because I like with Lily. One thing that we talk about a lot. Her name? She doesn't care. Okay. Well, she also has an Instagram and a YouTube channel about Okay, if you had to give her a nickname, though. (laughs) She can be. What would it be? The homeschooler. The homeschooler. Okay, I feel like there's a whole story there. Uh, The first time we met, we met at a sex dungeon. Okay. And she came up to me to hit on me. And uh, the first thing I told her was, did you go to homeschool? You seem like someone that went to homeschool. That is such a savage burn. And she said, no, I didn't go to homeschool. What does that mean? You seem like you didn't interact with other kids (laughs) when you were younger. You seem like you were a child. As a child. (laughs) Interacted with your parents on like a really uncomfortable basis. Inappropriately mature for your age. I mean, am I wrong? (laughs) Look at God not answering questions. <laughs> God is ignoring us. That's, that's pretty on point. usual. Oh yeah. God. But no, I, I think a lot of people um, fight with your partners, and it's not necessarily forever, and it's not necessarily abusive or toxic or whatever. Yeah. It just so, happens. So, so. You get into fights. Every, everybody argues. Yeah, but if you tell someone that cares about you a lot, like your other partner, hey, this is I'm so mad at this person, they did this, can you believe this? Then they start hating that person, mm. and you might get over it, but they're still in the back of their mind like, oh, well, they did this to my partner, and I'm, you know, I don't like that, you know. Because like, they don't have the same relationship. Bitch. Right. So yeah. you don't want to muddy that muddy those waters because if you're the rest of your relationship is super healthy mm-hmm. you want them to get along and everything so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay eh, it depends you should run to your friends instead yeah or your therapist yeah or to your, your therapist, therapist. To there your you go journal there yeah. are other options there write are. songs you know i write songs okay i have songs about helpful. like every partner i've broken up with recently it's okay. funny. one of them i have a bunch of songs about girls that i've ended things with and marcella's always been like i want you to write a song for me and i'm like that's I can't do that. Nothing bad enough about you. I don't you. feel like you do want that. No, you don't. But I did. We've broken up. We have, and I have many songs about being free. And <laughs> <laughs> what's this thing I keep hearing um, in all of my research and my interactions uh, with all Polly of my people. research? Uh, I've heard. All right, I've just said I like a lawyer. Heard this mm. term. If you could maybe provide some clarity and some explanation on what couples privilege mm. is. Well, you have it. You let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I do have it. So a lot of times, if you've heard of, have you heard of unicorn hunting? Yes. Mm, yes. No, I have not. <laughs> there are people on dating apps that are basically looking for a third to spice up their relationship. Usually okay. they're looking for a fab bisexual yep. who will spice up their best. For a one fab, night and then never a, talk to them again. Be okay yeah, with basically. it. A fab assigned female at birth. Yes. Okay. 
So okay. person that was raised as a girl, woman, whatever, okay. regardless of what they identify as now. Okay. Um, Does it have anything to do with like genitalia at birth? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. As in I don't – there are people who do not Born want vaginas. a trans okay. person. Yeah, cool. Got it. Um, so yeah. people – unicorn hunters have couples privilege like to the utmost degree, right? Because they're fully – in power in that situation. They're saying, this is what we want. We're looking together. You can't have any other version of this. It's either both of us or nothing, mm. right? Okay. The other person can either, the only power they have is to either say yes or no coming into that situation. It's right? kind of like the swingers thing. Yeah, it, there's overlap for sure. Um, but like for us, we've been together for so long and the longer you're with someone, you have more couples privilege, right? Because we have a foundation. We're integrated with each other's finances, our families, our friends. So nesting together. Yeah, we live together. Nesting partner is the person you live with if you live with someone. Okay. Um, and so whenever you're dating someone else, it's kind of scary to go into that, right? And be like, I'm competing with this person you've been with for however long, over mm -hmm. a decade in our case. How can I ever match up to that, right? And so that's couples privilege. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to speak more on that? As someone who's experienced it from the outside? I would say like a lot of – it depends because some people – and couples don't date together. They're not looking for yeah, like a child. We don't really do okay. that. Mm. Okay. They're dating separately. But you can still have couples privilege. Yeah, but even when they're dating separately, there is some degree of like couples privilege. Yeah. It, I think it depends on whether or not their hierarchy go and it depends on like how seriously they take it. And hierarchy, just if you don't know, there's it's primary, secondary. Yeah, prime primary is usually a lot of times they only have one primary. You can have more than one, but primary is the person that has veto power. That's the person that you're with mm -hmm. in a couple with above everything else, right? Um, and again, we don't really see each other as that. Like technically, we're each other's only main partner right now, but that might change. Like we're open to it changing in the future. So that's why we don't say we're hierarchical because we don't really consider ourselves Just that. Hierarchy by convenience, essentially. At that right, point. exactly. Like if if I started dating someone that I got really serious with, yeah. like if, if Shay wanted to move in and we were like, I love you, Polycule. we're we're like super in this, then okay, now I have two primaries, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. So, okay, how often does like intermingling happen? What do you mean by intermingling? Um, like you, the both of you have relationships mm -hmm. separately, but how yeah. often do those relationships come together? Where like physically like, or? Either. Either. Yeah. Well, again, if your kitchen table. <laughs> yeah. Then friend wise, at least you interact a decent amount. You know, you might just hang out like, hey, I want to go to the movie with my metamor because you're friends, right? Okay. Yeah. And you're both dating your partner separately, but okay. you're also friends platonically with each other. Okay. So you can still hang out and be buddies. Whatever. Sure. Um, in terms of physically, it really just depends. Like for us, we really do separate who we date usually. I mean, Shay just kind of came in and hooked up with everyone in our polycule. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. It was a good time. <laughs> but for the most part, we separate, like Mark and I separate who we date. So like okay. I probably, and we also just have different types for the most part. So if we're each dating someone, if they really wanted to all hook up or something, it's not a no necessarily, mm -hmm. but it's not something we try to do on purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not something you like you gun for. Like right. it happens yeah. Like, yeah. Some people date together. Like some, I feel like a lot of people when they think polyamory, they think of a couple dating together. Okay. Yeah. But that's yeah. honestly not what a lot of polyam people do. Okay. It's just really hard to do a triads, I think, because like, well, first of all, like one person needs to be attracted to both people in the couple. Yeah. And yeah. then the couple both need to be attracted yeah. to well, the Well, so it feels like it could get messy, right? Like let's say like you both were dating one person yeah. and then you guys didn't vibe. And yeah. so you broke up. Yeah. But they're still dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That and not and really... then there's weird feelings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people do it. 
Okay. Some people are successful. But... Some are successful. Very successful. And the thing with throuples or whatever, things like that are, again, you have to keep in mind everybody's feelings. And a lot of people don't. Because okay. that couple's privilege comes in and they're like, well, we're both happy. So, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as long as you actually think in all directions. Like, if there's three people dating, these two people, they're, they have a relationship. These two people have a relationship. These two people have a relationship. Mm-hmm. There are three actual relationships, not one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And all three matter. Or yeah. they should matter. I think it's really interesting because, you know, growing up the way that I did, um, I grew up conservative Christian. Mm. That was the – that was the way that I was raised. And so, you know, the perspective on poly couples and open relationships was very much one that came from the perspective of they don't have self-control. You know, these are people that don't, they have self-esteem issues. And so they just can't. And like the more that I've talked to people that are in you know various communities, it seems like it's almost the very opposite. We're like, mm-hmm. no, you have to have like the, the discussions on consent mm-hmm. were not a thing in the church that I grew up in. Yeah, I mean, in, in nowhere near as close as they were in like you go to any kink club and mm-hmm. they're going to talk to you about it, right? And then like, you know, in terms of self-confidence, like you have to have a level of emotional intelligence and you have to have a level of confidence in yourself and, and you know what it is that you bring For to sure. the table. If you're going to be involved with someone that's involved with someone else and you be confident through that. Yeah. So I think that's, that's kind of something that's interesting coming from my perspective mm-hmm. that is like, oh, no, like it's... If you're a weak person, it's not going to work. You're, yeah. You don't have it. It's funny because yeah, a lot of people say that. A lot of monogamous people or traditionally you know, grew up in monogamous world people. Because also I think – and we you mentioned kink. We're also in the kink worlds, kink community, which is a whole other episode. Um, <laughs> but that and polyamory both just have a lot of overlap in terms of the people that are in, in terms of just communication, consent, boundaries – and it's so taboo, right? All of those worlds are so taboo to a lot of the mainstream world, but that really is where the most wholesome, nice people are. Yeah. There's a lot of like moralizing of like non-monogamy and stuff like that. I think in a way to like kind of be like, um, we're better than them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to put it, but like the like emphasis on like we are we have more self-control, we right. are more confident. I'm like, I've monogamous seen people couples. say that. Like, it's not being monogamous does not guarantee those things. It right. also mm-hmm. does not guarantee mm-hmm. stability whatsoever. Doesn't guarantee monogamy. Sure. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people yeah. think that being with someone forever in a marriage but cheating is great. So because, much But you didn't divorce. <laughs> right? Whereas what if you were non-monogamous and you were all aware of it and you and there was no were all happy and not being hurt? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's been very interesting. Like, I'm much newer to poly. I've thought about it. You've been poly as of what earlier this year, basically, right? I've been like officially poly since. But like you got into the January. kink scene earlier, right? No, I joined the kink scene in January. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, you are okay. a baby. Oh, you I just am dove a baby. into the deep end. Okay, so Good how luck. long have this. you since January of this year? Yeah. When did you identify okay. as or start identifying as bi? Uh, when I was like twenty. Okay, so that that's been a thing for long. Yeah, that was okay, a okay. thing for a while. Just after we were roommates. And yes. how long have you been polyamorous? Uh, polyam? I would say polyam, like two years-ish, right? Um, but we were open for like five or six years before that okay. in various ways. Mm-hmm. Like first I cheated, which was not great. Not ethical. Mm-hmm. And then we had conversations. We, we didn't eventually started having threesomes, foursomes, and then it kind of formed into what it is now. Okay. I would say the best experience is experience. 
Okay. It's like, fair. We all say do the work, read the books, like listen to the podcast, do the therapy, like really think about it. But I would say there's no better experience than actually For experiencing sure. it. Because I know some people who are like have read like 500 poly books or whatever. <laughs> Mugshot. They, yeah. they have not gone on a single day. It's like you can read as many books about basketball as you yeah. want. But until you play a game of basketball, you're a little limited in what you'll actually be able to pick up. Yeah. yeah. And like because I started off the bat being like, you know what? I think I'm going to start dating in the poly scene and the poly like sphere. I found out very quickly that this was something I could do. Is it something that you kind of just see for your future moving forward? Just like, I'm poly now? Or are you seeing it as like a like a season in life? I would say I'm poly. I think a lot of misconceptions too that people have is that, yeah, polyamory, it's like a way to spice up your life or whatever. But I think a lot of people are just foundationally, they are polyam, like mm-hmm. in their spirit, whether or not okay. they realize it. I think that's why so many people cheat because it's okay to be attracted to multiple people. It's okay to want to love multiple people. Society mm-hmm. just tells us it's not, right? So mm-hmm. I think some people are just monogamous and that's just who they are and that's okay. And that's totally yeah. Like, yeah. We're not bagging on like yeah. monogamy. But also mm-hmm. a lot of people are non-monogamous and it's not a phase. That's and it's just not, like, how we love. dirty and like gross. How we live. It's not like super taboo. Honestly, there are a lot Could of be. Could be dirty. Could be, <laughs> Could be dirty. Could be, Could be, Could be gross. <laughs> it's as long as everyone's on, this, on the same page. Exactly. Yeah. I promise you won't Can go that- to hell. I mean, we can't promise that at this rate, <laughs> this rate, it's going to be 800 degrees in Georgia in five years just yeah. because of global warming. So true. Might already be there. Is that, is that the point? <laughs> We're going to be point here. Is like, We're oh, here. Oh, hell is hot. Welcome. So is Florida. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> so is Georgia. Let me. It's 138 let me degrees. It's just like Phoenix. how the U.S. is like aliens are real. And we're all like, yeah, and rent is high. Yeah. yeah. Like, fucking high. Are they the ones who are jacking up these prices right. for real estate? So you mentioned earlier while the mics were off about when I came out as non-binary because mm-hmm. I am non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. So I would say that really coincides with when I started fully being polyam, when we started fully being polyam and actually exploring the emotional side of non-monogamy with other people. I, I was 2020 was wild for a lot of people and we had some personal stuff going on. There was just a lot. So we both, Mark and I both went into therapy for the first time really consistently, just a lot of self growth. And I just started realizing like, I don't, I've never identified really as a feminine person. It's just how, and I'm originally from Ukraine. A lot of um, former Soviet people, which are my parents, have very much that view of girls have to be feminine and mm-hmm. you got to wear makeup and mm-hmm. heels and skirts and be girly and look hot all the time for were the you, men. Were you good at ballet? <laughs> I did <Wow>. do ballet. <laughs> I did wow. ballet for eight years. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was just being a dick, but that's awesome. <laughs> oh, no, it's true. <laughs> no, I wasn't good so at it. Funny. But I did it. <laughs> For those of you not able to hear, Podcast, podcast God says that they were not good at it. <laughs> but I did it. But yeah, no, I, I just started realizing like you don't have to do all that. You just be yourself. And so I just started, I honestly just started stealing his clothes, started wearing Mark's shorts and shirts and stuff. And we were in the house, like we were all working mm-hmm. from home. So no one was even seeing me, but it just felt more right. And then I was like, okay, let me buy some stuff from the men's section. And then I just started questioning and also TikTok, Gen Z, you start seeing stuff. Mm-hmm. I started seeing stuff about this word, non-binary, NB, whatever. And I was like, what is this? Turns out that makes a lot of sense for me in terms of my identity. So Alongside that, Mark and I had been open 
in various ways for years. And at that point, we had just gone through a lot personally, like with our families, people being sick, people passing away. And therapy really helped us be like, okay, wait, let's take a step back and figure out what we want to be happy. And for us, we realized we just want community. We want more people to love. We are attracted to multiple people. And let's explore that more. And just gotcha. doing more research and reading books and going you know, on dates, going on dates, field. meeting more people friends and just people in that making up with old roommates making out with old roommates yeah yeah <laughs> and so, to lovers. it was all kind of all at once it was like a conglomerate of life realizations i would say over the past couple years two or three years i'm always interested to talk to non-binary people about their experiences because i don't know if it's as much about and i guess it's different for everybody right like yeah everyone it's has person to person i would say so like how much for one person is rejection of the binary and how much of it is association of self to the other side of that and because i don't necessarily conform mm. to the binary am i rejecting the binary or am i more like i'm more this way and like yeah. everyone kind of has their own story i would say it's definitely it depends on the person for me it's a mix of both like i definitely i don't i'm not a trans man i'm not a man i know that but i also don't identify as a woman and part of that is probably that society a lot of people in society have a certain view of what a woman is and i'm not mm. that mm -hmm. that was my question is like how much how much does stereotyping play into that like For you sure were talking about like oh i was buying men's clothes mm -hmm. but like they were close. Why is They're it men's clothes? Clothes? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. why can't women, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, now you look at it, I mean, how many people you see thrifting is a big mm -hmm. thing now. And like, oversized clothing is a big thing. Yeah. But that's so taboo. You know what I mean? Like, it's why true. Why does it have to be specific to a gender? Yeah. As to what it is that you prefer to put on your body. Yeah. And part of it too is really just how other people see me. Because oh, yeah. a lot of queer people, a lot of people in the LGBTQ world are just aware to, they don't, they know not to assume what people are like based on what they look like or whatever. And so I feel more comfortable in those spaces a lot of times when I'm just in mainstream society. Like, for example, the comedy class that Alec and I met in, a lot of people have certain stereotypes that they – assumptions they make. And they're just like, this is this is how you are because yeah. I, I see you as a girl, so mm -hmm. you must be this way. You must like purses and makeup and painting your nails because uh, that's just yeah. how you are, right? And it's like, no, don't make assumptions. I mean, obviously, those are very surface level, but mm -hmm. yeah. don't make assumptions. But it's interesting to me to hear you say that because like my partner, Marcella, she's not, I mean, she's got purses, but she carries a backpack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, she, yeah. in terms Bi of like, more efficient, okay, for we're, everybody so out we're there. All, we're on the market for a new handle. vehicle. We're between the Subaru Outback and the Subaru Forester and a U-Haul <laughs> truck. Shut up. We are not. <laughs> Marcella Subaru does not want a Subaru, okay? Um, but no, a truck. Like, she's, yeah. she's got an old F 150 that she's trying to upgrade into a newer F 150. I got something to tell you. Yeah. Uh, but no, so like, you know, when it comes to <laughs> that's hilarious. Flag. Sorry, no, it's okay. Talk. Uh, no, like when it comes to like, um, stereotypical femininity, right? Like Marcella presents femme and as far as i understand she identifies female mm -hmm. but at the same time there's a lot of elements that are stereotypical female that she does not do in terms of stuff like you know i can't go outside without makeup on not a thing mm -hmm. you know or like uh, i just have to get a, my, my nails done mm -hmm. not a thing in terms of like the like you know she she knows her way around a set of tools like mm -hmm. there are things about her that are not stereotypically feminine 
And so to hear some people or to hear people when they say like, I didn't fit in with that and I rejected mm -hmm. it. And they say like, you know, I'll go as they. And it's always interesting because like I've got Marcella here who identifies she, her and also rejects a lot of the binary stuff. Yeah. Like, you know. And that's why it's person to person. Yeah. Right? So it's just because for me, that makes me feel like I'm non-binary. It doesn't mean that you don't. You yeah. don't, right? Yeah. No, for sure. And every everyone's own identity is valid. I mean, one of the reasons non-binary exists, I think, because mm -hmm. labels are stupid, if we're honest, mm -hmm. is because there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm super feminine and that's how all girls are. Yeah. I'm super musk mm -hmm. and like, that's how all men should be. Yep. So part of it is just the purpose of, hey, don't see me as either. Mm -hmm. Just see me as a person. Yeah. Yeah. As a person who's black and white, I get that. Yeah. Or I didn't mm -hmm. identify as black or white until much later in life. Mm. And even then, it's not something I think about. Like, I don't think about myself as a black person or as a white person. I just yeah. think of myself as me first and foremost. And then I can kind of, you know, I can code switch if I have to, to mm -hmm. fit in where I get in. But um, I don't identify really as either. Yeah. But I don't have a choice. So. Yeah. <laughs> Race exactly. is hard to opt out of. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, as a person that presents female to a lot of people, even though I think I am androgynous or dress more masculine a lot of the time, more masculine, um, I do get treated more as a woman whatever mm -hmm. that means in various mm -hmm. contexts mm -hmm. in yeah. a lot of ways mm -hmm. even to people that i've told i'm non-binary or you know whatever and it's weird you know it's, it's weird when people see that before they see you as a person but how much do you think that has to do with and like we've had similar conversations about this lately with upbringing Mm. And like the generation that we were raised in mm. and the generation our parents were raised in and how much of that has been passed down yeah. to like, you know, there's, I mean, television, mm -hmm. there are so many shows that are on TV right now that have content that is not something that would have been appropriate when I was younger. Yeah. You know, yeah. like there are teenagers now that are being raised with pronouns mm -hmm. that are completely acceptable and normal to them that did not exist for sure yeah when we were that age yeah you know and so now it's like having to do a mental shift if mm -hmm. someone says oh i i uh identify mm -hmm. as they them you know what i mean yeah. saying oh yeah. well my brain's not used to actually yeah. using those pronouns yeah. so let me like for sure you know what i mean get kind of yeah. into that into that but speed. I, I think there's also a difference between people that go into it respectfully and also just oh, not yeah. making assumptions a hundred percent hey i might mess up your pronouns but I'm going to get to know you as a person yes. Yes. first before yep. I make assumptions yep. versus people that there are a lot of people that go in just kind of people that go in being like, okay, well, men are this way and mm -hmm. women are this way. Mm -hmm. And let's make jokes about that because genders are so obviously like those are the two options. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Those kinds of people I feel uncomfortable around because I'm like, you really just don't see me as a person. Yeah. 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 You're a woman. Because I exist First in the gray foremost. area for you. Yeah. And that doesn't exist for you. Well, well and how much of that That do you or you don't exist at all in there. You right. exist where I yeah. put you, which or is... Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. How yeah. much of that do you think has to do with control and like needing to label something? Ooh, that's smart. So I think you know, just, and like yeah. having to put a label on something, whether mm -hmm. it be this or that, but if yep. it's black and like if it's gray, I don't feel comfortable with uh -huh. it. It's like something it being out of place, you know, where it's like I, I am comfortable with things being in a certain place in my house. Right, and if something is not where I feel oh, like yeah. it belongs, yeah. I might put it where it doesn't belong, but it doesn't belong where it's at right now. And I think that it's accepting people kind of where they are as opposed to where I believe they should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that also to circle it back kind of comes in the way that I think that a lot of the world views or should view poly people, mm -hmm. where it's like understanding that if it's not for me, it's not for me. If it is for me, maybe I want to learn more. Mm -hmm. But accepting that you're not cheating on each other, yeah. right. accepting that you're not you know, just mm -hmm. these amoral, you know, sex freaks, mm -hmm. which if you are, 
Have fun. You know? Yeah. As long yeah. as you're doing it ethically and with with all due consent, consent and stuff. Exactly. And just, exactly. I think that's that's missing a lot where it's not like yes. we get presented things like media, like uh, Fifty Shades, which is mm-hmm. really problematic when it came to consent. And There's a lot of. Yeah. And it's like, it's. <laughs> you're like. Community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's presented as this debauched thing that's not between two loving consenting or even just just consenting you know adults um and so i I think that's kind of that's a problem that needs to be i'm grateful for things like this podcast because even if it doesn't get huge which it will thank you adamandeve.com for sponsoring this um (laughs) but you know having that media and that content out that's not you know that that is showing hey we're people it's it's okay to be whatever I mean, as long as you're not hurting other people, whatever you are and whatever you want to be. Without consent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you found that's people who knew you back when you were identifying as she, her? And like, you know, before like two years. So shame at me in college. I met you in college. I was not identifying as non-binary at that point. Or really okay. out as bisexual or polyamorous. Or even to yourself. Even I mean, I knew things. I was bi, but that was yeah. it. But yeah, no, you've done a really good job. Thank you. Like we we just reunited this year and she caught on so fast. I was like, oh, I use they, them now. She's like, okay. Okay. And you've pretty much not fucked up since. I mean, you you have a couple times. (laughs) (laughs) I would say for the most part, like compared to even people that have just met me recently and I started off as being like, hey, I'm non-binary, blah, blah, blah. You really, you flipped a switch in your brain. You do better than me. (laughs) I don't know if it's because I'm also in the queer community. So I'm just. Oh, yeah. You're probably around too days a lot so you had an unfair head start enemies to lovers so you might have realized by now this is a bit longer than our other episodes have been we ended up recording three and a half over three and a half hours with alec and marcella we had a lot of really great content we didn't want to cut too too much of it so we decided to make it into two separate parts so this is the end of part one stay tuned for episode five next week where we'll drop part two of the alec and marcella interview they are going to be in the hot seat we're going to learn about their christian upbringing learn about how they met at a super religious university and how they got to where they are here and we'll even find out are they considering opening up their relationship. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek of what you're going to hear in part two. Let's go. We were Enemies to lovers. So Seventh-day Adventists, I was raised very heavy into it. Uh, kindergarten through undergrad for the first time in my life ever was introduced properly to what the theory of evolution was. Wow. Like after law school, I learned about evolution and I was like, oh my God, so many questions answered. And like now I'm having to reevaluate everything that I believe about everything. Yeah, like when you are raised in like an extremely conservative household mm-hmm. where like there are very rigid rules, but then like going to Adventist universities, going to Adventist high schools, going to, you know what I mean? And then experiencing the real world. You're like, mm. wow, these are like, oh, we were in a with bubble. each other. Yes. My dad made this for me. It's like my favorite thing that my dad's ever given me. Cool. Which is a very short list. <laughs> Just do some ASMR in the background while you're... <sighs> Alec, drink your white claw. <laughs> okay. White claw. Damn it. Okay. <sighs> Enemies to lovers.